Hey, Doug Smith, what's shaking, man? How are things up in the PD today? Tom, everything's great up here. Actually, had to get my fireplace going as I was working today. It was cold in Florence this morning. How about in Charleston? It, it was cold this morning. It was definitely cold this morning. This warmed up. Uh, we've got the fans going uh, now, so it makes it fun. And we actually went over to, uh, we bought a new fireplace, Ooh. like a ring fire that how you do yeah. with propane um, so that uh, so we don't have wood burning inside. But it, we can only use it outside. You're not supposed right. to use, apparently you're not supposed to burn things like that on the inside for, wow. for the warning for anyone that wants to do that. So, so that means somebody actually tried it at one point. So they had, the right gonna, of, yeah, so. I read it. I read an article about it. It was nobody that had anything to do with us or, or at all. Good, good, and good, nobody good. has like the, the, uh, NO2 indicators in their house anymore. So it's not even a thing. So cool. Well, speaking of new, new things and new friends, I want to introduce you to a new friend of ours, Thierry Oliva. Allow me to introduce you to Doug Smith, also known as Doug the Food Guy. Hey, Doug. <laughs> so, is it Terry, or did, did he pronounce it funny? No, it's it's uh, no, no. It's I, I don't know. I don't know how to say it. Uh, it's three syllable. It's T A R E. But uh, like I said, I, everybody always called me Terry. So I okay. guess I got used to uh, not being the way it's supposed to be pronounced in France, but. Uh, I, I think Tom did a great job. So. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll try to follow his lead on that. It's so nice to meet you, Terry. <laughs> and uh, Thanks, looking buddy. forward to getting to know a little bit more about what you got going on there. Yeah, no, I'm happy to be here. It's, uh, it sounds like it's going to be a, a fun interview. So I look, I, I was looking forward to it. Cool. So, so where are you located at today? I am in Orange County. Yeah, so it's a little cloudy, but it's really hot. So. No fireplace for me here. Uh, the only fireplace I have is an electric one. And it's just more more for the kids' entertainment than, you know, really for the heat. <laughs> well, uh, Tom and I are both in South Carolina. And there's one thing you can assure. If you don't like the weather, wait 24 hours. It'll change. So we both had our heat on this morning and air condition on this afternoon. Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> we actually, I actually have my air conditioning set on. It's on 68. But oh, it, wow. it started getting yeah, it started getting hot outside, and uh, we we're like, crap, I'm gonna turn on the, you know, it's like kind of a just a, <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's been like that for a little while, and when so when you say Thierry, when you say Orange County, that was not a glitch. That was actually just me talking funny. Orange County is that uh, California or is that Florida? I know Orange County, California. Yeah, California. Yeah, what city is my dream County? to be in uh, in Florida? I love Florida. But it uh, didn't work out the way I planned on. So <laughs> I just ended up by accident here. So, uh, yeah, but I love it. What city are you in in, in um, Orange County? I'm in Cypress. So about uh, 45 minutes away from Los Angeles, uh, more toward the south. Very good. Very good. We have not. Uh, we had um, my daughter and her son-in-law were just out in San Diego last week. And uh, for the for they went, no, it's called someplace like maybe Sal Encinita or Sausalita. Maybe uh -huh. it's Encinita, some some down near San Diego. Encinita, yeah, yeah. Said it was an absolute beautiful, which of course California <laughs> is always going to be is going to be so beautiful. It's uh, so you say so. I, I detect a little bit of an accent, Terry. What, are, are you born and raised in the states, or did you come here when you were young, or when did you? Where are you from, man? No, I, I, you know what? Uh, uh, being taught that I'm a citizen of the world, I always kind of like like that. Uh, global kind of like approach to where I'm from, but um, I'm French uh, and I grew up in Africa. So I did not come to the U.S. until 2002. And uh, it's only in 2013 that we permanently moved here when my daughter was born. So I've, I've been going all around the world. Like I started in Ivory Coast. I then moved to Morocco. I went in France. I lived a little bit here. Uh, so plenty of places. <laughs> Wow, I love the fact that you've seen the world like that. If they're, you know, we're all foodies. So as you've traveled the world, what's the one food thing you have found that you're like, wow, I wish everybody had the opportunity to try this? Uh, you know, you know, I I have to say the one that I prefer that I like the most is um, the one that my mom used to make. That's the filet mignon with uh, sauce. Uh, uh, it's blue cheese sauce. Um, it, it just kind of like was always my my kind of like weekend looking forward type of meal that my, my mom would make. So it kind of like stayed with me and it's easy to make. It's really uh, super tasty. So that would be the one, but quite frankly, I feel like everywhere I've been, uh, I've, I found like one thing that I could say that that's my favorite dish. Yeah. So how's the food in Charleston? Yeah, it's uh, it's good. It is, uh, it is very 
I don't know that it would be if I could compare it to any other country, uh, you know, kind of Europe wise, because I've really never been there. But I do know that it, it is a highly coastal. And many of the people that are here um, say that it is very similar to a Mediterranean a Mediterranean city and that the food is similar. The, the uh, architecture is very similar to, to many cities They're on the Mediterranean side that, um, uh, and, and of course we eat a lot of seafood, a lot of beef, eat a lot of vegetables. And that's pretty much what we did. And Doug, frit, fish. Absolutely. Uh, when you say Charleston, <laughs> and, I immediately think of fresh seafood. Uh, I, I live in Florence, which is an agricultural area. So you're definitely going to get the fresh veggies, the root veggies, the greens, things like that, that are going to complement that fresh seafood very well. And I have to find more recipes for seafood. I have like only a few that I really like, but uh, that's definitely something I would like to get more into. Do you have like an, like an old secret here? or? Well, I'm going to give you a secret. This was given to me by a very wise, highly trained chef that had uh -huh. traveled the world. And this is what he said. Uh, when I quote, find the very best ingredients you can get and let it shine. Don't overdo it. Don't be creative. Just get the best ingredients you can find and let it let it shine. That's yeah, what I, I always try to yeah. do. It's it's delicious. Yeah, yeah. My dad always used to say it's eighty percent in the in the ingredient and twenty percent in the technique. So there you I go. Can see that. That's but um, you know, I'm, I mean, when it comes to seafood, I feel like I can never get it done right uh, inside. It, it's kind of like either it's it's overcooked and it gets like too hard. Or or it's um it's undercooked inside, but then I get the, the right sear on the outside. So do you how do you how do you do it? Like the best the best best way that I found was the sous vide, because I feel like somehow it just cooks it properly, but the timing is really especially with seafood needs to be really particular. Like it, it needs to be really accurate. Well, Tom is our resident expert because he's been ex experimenting with sous vide. So fill us in, brother Tom. Uh -huh. <laughs> the, the the Terry, the 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 one part that you said there that was magic is you talked about time and temperature. You talked about two things, time and temperature. And with seafood, with a lot of things, I, I am a have been in the past, I'm not anymore really. I, I have been a professional, a professional baker and uh, worked in Garmanger. Terry, you seem to know a lot about food. Do you have anything? Are you in the food business or do you do anything with food? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm a full-time teacher, uh, special ed teacher, uh, so that that's that's where you would find me most of the time, you know, in my classroom. But uh, yeah, a few years ago, I I guess I kind of like, I needed a hobby. When I got my second uh, child, my son, it was in 2016, I just realized I really need to have some sort of like a creative outlet, like some hobby or something. And I, I really got into, into cooking. And a few years ago, uh, that was uh, right after the pandemic, I started my food blog. Um, and grill culture where you know, like bring up all of my favorite recipes from all around the world. So all of my travel, like, you know, I mentioned earlier, my, my mom's recipe, uh, there are plenty of recipes that I'm just sharing with, with my followers and, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> so I got to spend a lot of time by the grill over the past few years to kind of like improve my, my recipes. Is that a family DNA thing for cooking. It is for me. That's why I'm allowed to ask it because everybody in my family, all the way back, great grandmothers, or we have we're a very cooking and restaurant family. Did that come from your DNA, or did you just think, you know what, I need a creative outlet, as you said, I'm going to choose cooking? Where did it come from, Terry? Well, it was always there. You know, the cooking part was always there. Uh, is is just that it, I didn't make it a uh, if a blog until 2020. So it took me a while until I, I get into like, hey, you know what? I'm, I really love it. I want to share that, you know, with the rest of us. So I'm, I'm gonna, gonna start my blog. But uh, up until that point, that would be uh, well. At first, it was my my parents cooking in Ivory because there were not a lot of restaurants. So my mom was the one who was uh, mostly cooking. My dad was the the barbecue guy. So it would be every summer we travel back to France or south of France, and my dad would be standing by the grill and he would be like grilling a whole bunch of things and and I would just like look at him thinking like wow you know what when I grow up um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take over I'm gonna I'm gonna be the the head of the family the the barbecue guy <laughs> so that sounded like that was that big thing you know so I grew up like that but um yeah it took me a while until I take it to a whole new level <laughs> well it sounds very similar to myself 
my mother was a big cook and, you know, there was always a table full of food and that was always the, the gathering spot was the kitchen. So I kind of took that on as well. And for our home and our family, our kitchen has been the heart of the family. And, you know, I have a, a son and a daughter and I'm trying to teach that to them. And I think they're getting it, but there's nothing more uh, exciting than having one or two or 12 of your friends over and doing something on the grill or standing around the kitchen, uh, cutting up some cheese. And so it's just, there's just something special about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's really a moment of bonding, a moment to kind of like celebrate uh, and, and kind of disconnect yourself from the routine. It's almost like little miniature tribes. That's what I feel like it is. Tribe is uh -huh. one of my favorite, favorite. I, I know it's a word, but for me, it's also a, a little bit of a metaphor uh, for for the the type of people because I want people in my tribe that not are just like me but compliment me that that uh, that are constructively collaborate with me. I'm not meaning to talk about me. I'm just saying that's a fun part about the kitchen as you can be in a kitchen um, with with another person that doesn't even speak English, and you guys can end up having dinner together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> have a conversation. It's it's such a fun part about it. And I'm glad to hear that that you took that on from your dad. That that was a and I only say this just because it makes me laugh is there was a like a gigantic grill at the store. I mean, it, it was it, Doug, it was probably seven, maybe eight feet wide. It was like a it was like an 18 wheeler kind of a thing. And it had a you know a huge flat grill on the end, it had a gas grill, it had a pellet grill, it had like a helicopter landing pad and all this sort of stuff and i actually went over there and stood in front of it and like <laughs> open it <laughs> and the best part is i looked around and, and like the other guys were like what's up dude <laughs> there, there was some drooling going on i can tell was, think about, think about, what can we grill baby what can we grill it's well, a, uh... i didn't buy that grill but i did just buy me a brand new grill a couple of weeks ago i'm so i'm using it tomorrow so I don't want to mention any names, but it's a flat grill, kind of black in color, like stonish. You know I what like I mean? <laughs> I like it. That is good. So you went for did you which did you get like the 58 one or did you get the 72? Oh, no. no, 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 no. I, I got the I think it's like 28 inches or oh, something good. like that. It's it's actually foldable. So I oh, can awesome. fold it down, it's on wheels. In my hobby, my fun time, I, I do a little thing at the farmer's market and that's going to be part of my farmer's market thing. I'm I'm going to be out hooking products from the different farmers every Saturday, or not every Saturday, but a couple Saturdays a month. So I'm going to go around and buy things from the different vendors. And then I'm going to cook lunch there at the market for people with my brand new grill. I'm so excited. Ooh. Kicking it off tomorrow. Well, Doug, that's, it's amazing you're doing that. You know, I, I wish I would. I feel like I'm just too intimidated now. It's like just sharing that food with all these people. It feels like it's a lot of pressure. <laughs> I had so much drama with my in-laws coming when the food was not ready on the table that I think it kind of like scarred me. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Well, this is what I know. I'm the only one that knows what the recipe is supposed to look and taste like. Uh -huh. So no matter what happens, as long as they don't throw it back at me, I feel like it was a, a success. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> if you have the, if you only have one bite out of the pie, you know, it's not, I made, um, I made actually fresh sweet potato casserole and I say fresh. I mean, I actually bought the sweet potatoes and I made it. I didn't make them a marshmallow. So it wasn't really that fresh and uh, made it from a very old recipe and uh, made it for a, a special person that was coming over with our family that we wanted to, you know, it was something they remembered from their childhood. So I made it really, I made like the real dish and he was expecting, you know, the can of pumpkin, <laughs> And the marshmallows. Do you dig me with just the marshmallows on top? And, and maybe a pecan. But I mean, I use pecans or pecans, as we call them here in South Carolina. And um, uh, it, it was a very fun thing to share, to watch something that you spent. I don't know if you've ever peeled and tried to cut sweet potatoes, but it was uh, it, it is a little bit of a time-consuming and finger-smashing sort of a, event. So. I'm going to educate you on something you didn't know, Tom. Ooh, go, baby. I, you know I love to learn, baby. When it comes to sweet potatoes, just wash the skins and cook them in the skin because that's where all the nutrients are. It's a, it's a superfood, and it, it really is delicious. Just leave the skin on. Don't uh, peel it anymore. Well, So you eat that, it with the, the skin on? 
Absolutely. I did not. Just wash it really good. I I do it all the time. Just wash it and cook it with the skin on. It's delicious. And if you don't want the skin, it just peels right off. Just falls off after it's cooked. I imagine some of the uh, vitamins and minerals would probably stay in the water. So you could probably use some of that. You know, oh, as you yeah. eat it up like that. It's uh Terry, tell me, uh, so out in um out in California, what's the what's the big deal on the grill world out there? What's everybody grilling? Are you guys grilling duck now or what what's the new thing that's going on out there in California? You know, I'm I'm I think it's just pretty much the classic, you know, brisket and all that. I think California is pretty much known for their uh tri-tip. Tri-tip? Um yeah, so that's that's really the I, I don't know. My neighbors have a lot of pride in their tri-tip recipes. So we're competing all the time on who gets the best tri-tip. All right. I, so I won't tell a soul. What's uh-huh. your secret recipe on tri-tip? That's the one item I'm trying to learn how to cook. I've been told by two or three of my friends that I've got to figure it out. I haven't bought it yet, but that's on my list. So what's your secret? I You know, I tried. I tried to smoke tri-tip. I've tried uh different different uh recipe from some some of the big guys but i was not really that impressed what what i have found to be the one that works the best was to sous vide the tri-tip for 24 hours and then to put it on the grill but i i just put some salt and pepper i i I don't i don't add too much i in the sous vide i add some herbs like um you know rosemary or thyme just usual you know seasoning and i think it just comes out perfect it just yeah, me like it's just that uh, mouse, especially I, I make it i was gonna add that i'm using wagyu beef usually oh so, wagyu oh, oh man now you really are killing me wow it's 80 percent the the ingredients that's right <laughs> we've already said let the mind. ingredients shine right <laughs> we we had a friend on terry that talked about the tri-tip uh, a period of time ago so i bought a tri-tip and i deployed that which I do against any new menu, which is time and temperature. That's what I did. And I used, and I, I, I cooked, I didn't smoke it necessarily, but I cooked it at about 220. This was not the sous vide one, but I cooked uh-huh. it at 220 for, gosh, it was probably four, four to six hours. And it was, it was mm-hmm. stupendous. I, I have tasted, I know the cut of meat. I know what cut of meat it is. That is what it's next to. And it, it was a very meaty. It was the reason I even, went through that weird circle there of the conversation is that it tasted uh when when doug oh my gosh you know what doug was that the did you give me that tri-tip from um steve whitmire yes yes okay so uh so when we bit into it it and this is steve Whitmire is a friend of ours who who owns a, a beef ranch over in georgia and uh, when I bit into it, it was like I remember steak tasted when I was young. I, I actually texted Doug the second that I bit into it and said, bro, w- this meat is ridiculous. And I had cooked it, obviously, for a long time. And I can, I haven't done the other one with the sous vide. That's what we were talking about. That's what uh, Doug uh, loaned me his sous vide so I could play with it and see if I could get some neat things. And it looks like you're confirmed that, you know, with the cooking the tri-tip over the, over you know, for overnight or at least 12 hours. I couldn't remember how long you said. 24 hours to me, I felt like, but again, it's because I'm using, um, so I think it's a perfect, it really renders the fat. So you don't have this big chunk of fat in, in, the, in the muscles. So it it kind of like, you feel like there is that butter that comes out of the, mm. the tri-tip as the ultimate perfection to me. <laughs> That's it. Is this, um is grill culture, is this your first venture? I know that you said that you were a teacher. Uh, so obviously uh, every teacher that I know, especially uh, in, in the field you've chosen, it's got a big heart. I mean, everyone that I've ever met does that that's in any kind of special education teaching in general. Yes. But I feel like special education, the people generally are more have a much bigger heart and they're a complete, complete sucker for being sweet to everybody. Uh, so is this your first venture that you, that you went after here with, with grillculture.com? I had a, I had a business before it was um, in 2005. That was a wine business. Uh, so it was in Los Angeles. Uh, I, at time was working with my dad, he had a textile manufacturer. So I was working with him for a while, but then I wanted to kind of like try something that's, uh, that's mine. And back then it was, uh, the big trend on the market for a French guy was to open a wine store. So that's very cliche, but that works. <laughs> I just thought I was going to go for it. <laughs> and, uh, and I opened wine style in 2000. What's your favorite style of wine? 
Uh, I like the cheap ones. <laughs> I'm joking. Hey, I like the. Me too. Those are the best. <laughs> God, but you guys give them what you one. call cheap. Now, I don't want really cheap. I just want $10 cheap. I don't want yeah, the $10 yeah. cheap. Yeah. And th- th- my whole concept, the, the, that's why I got that franchise, was the, the whole concept was finding wine, kind of like de- demystified wine. You know, everybody was like, oh, you know what? I got that like 20 year old bottle. And I'm like, half of the time it's like that bottle is probably going to be corked so i never really got into that but um the concept was that wines between 15 and 25 dollars they're from like small wineries here and there so it, it was perfect that was exactly what i felt like i like um and and i got into that but i like paso robles wine those are they're my favorite food and wine just goes hand in hand that's all i'm gonna say about that yeah i'm not a big big beer guy i don't know about you guys but to me beer is it's hard burn for me <laughs> so that never really worked, but wine just works perfect. I have found a few wines. I'm a beer drinker. Uh, I prefer ciders or citron. I think not citron. There's a name like that in France that they make a French, uh, a French apple that is, uh, I'll look it up, but it's a French company that has it here. C-I-T-R-O-N. I think it's the name uh-huh. of it, uh, but it's, but they're, they're apple ciders, you know, alcohol ciders. And then, uh, uh, but I have found a few times that with wine, I have not found a wine that I will drink in a, that sounds weird, not drink from a glass, <laughs> like drink from the bottle. Um, I haven't found a, li- a a wine that I will go pour me a glass of yet. But I have found some amazing wines that I love to drink with a food that I'm eating that I prepare. Mm-hmm. So I haven't really, so I'm still searching for that, you know, that glass of wine so I could, you know, get me a get me a wine glass full but it just it just has never it just has never hit me just just right not that you guys asked what i thought about red wine but and, it's, you know, uh, opposites really do kind of attract here <clears throat> me <laughs> i always tell people i don't like beer however i do like a good guinness every now and then especially mm-hmm. around saint patrick's day but yeah. uh as far as that wine to just pour me a glass if i'm in the kitchen and i'm cooking if it's warm outside, a good Pinot Grigio, you know, nice glass of wine as you're cooking. As it gets a little colder outside, maybe a uh, a good Cabernet as I'm cooking and then along with the meal. But, you know, as far as just sitting down and watching TV or a ball game and drinking a glass of wine, I'm not so sure I'm that guy either. But, you know, when I'm cooking and I'm in the kitchen, it just kind of goes hand in hand. I hear you. I, I'm the same dog. Tom, have you ever tried to make your uh, your own beer? I, I have a lot of friends who are making their own beer. I was always I, curious about that. Yes, I did. And uh, so just so you know, the name is called Cidre. Uh, that's horrible. Cidre de Palm, P-O-M-M-E-S. Oh, yeah, guess, yeah. yeah. I know that, I, yeah. That, that might just mean cider from apples. Yeah, apple <laughs> from, cider, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's kind of, that may be just what that means. I thought for a second it was, but uh uh, anyway, so making the beer, I actually did again. Remember the time and temperature thing that I tend towards beer again. Beer, I've made beer and I've made cider, and I would tell you that ma- I, after I made my own, it makes it very difficult to pay someone to drink theirs. I, if you're making it the way that I do, making it to my taste buds, uh, which is funny because I, I, you might come taste what I've made, a beer that I made. I made a, uh, it's, uh, I made a Doppelbach and I made a. I'm going to, I don't remember the other one, uh, but it, it was, it was a multi, I mean, it was a multi, multi-month project. And oh, I found uh, it impressive. How long does it take to make a, your own beer? It, it was months. I'm t- the, the, the months. making part really was an afternoon. I mean, we drank beer while we were doing it. It was, it was a bunch of guys and we decided, and, and, and I would even encourage you to try that. What, what I did is we just in conversations like this, someone came about, you know, I've always wanted to brew my own beer, which someone's going to say that eventually. And so we got a grill to cook hot dogs and hamburgers. And we just try started trying to make beer. There's a new, it's new to me anyway, uh, called the Low Country Libations, which is a group of people that each weekend or two weekends, they mm-hmm. get together and brew beer together and learn other techniques. So there's people that have not done it a long time. There's people who've done it for a long time. And it is a super fun, it is a, a very active community. And it's uh, most everyone in it is there because they want to talk about beer and want to be around other people that talk about beer in their tribe, in the beer tribe, so to speak. It is worth doing. I will tell you that. It's probably, I don't know if it'd be worth doing, uh, buying a kit 
out and just out and about. But if there's a place somewhere, you know, within, well, for you, probably within an hour, which is probably only two miles that uh, uh, there's probably a store that will, that has an occasional uh, where they, where they'll have people in and you'll make your own beer together. They do it all together. And then everybody makes that makes, makes the same kind of beer. And that's, I've done that. And it was, it was very fun. I thought as opposed I, to just plain old fun. <laughs> yeah. I tried to, um, to make some wine one time with uh, one of these local thing. They had that project. I don't remember what happened the end of the evening <laughs> just like i think it's just like i think it poured more wine into my glass during the whole evening that we spent you know really making the wine <laughs> so there's a lot of fun for the part that i remember <laughs> that is that is that is a good one so um have you ever done uh any grill competitions have you competed at the grill i yes. have not uh, i'm still too intimidated i i see oh, i see those videos i'm going around and all the contests that looks a lot of like a lot of fun, but uh, I'm just feeling like you know myself putting myself out there. <laughs> I think it would kind of like break my confidence if people say they don't like my recipe, and especially you know I I don't do the usual brisket and all that. This is not really my kind of like uh, expertise. I'm focusing more on international recipes, so I don't even know if I would um, if I would be able to compete with the recipes that I have. You may put a whole new category to the competition. Yeah, maybe, you know, if, if they're open to something like that, yeah, maybe. <laughs> so what you could do is go to, I have a very good buddy of mine, George Moore, who is a competitive barbecue person and uh -huh. uh, barbecuer, as they say. And uh, one of the things we were laughing about is that you pay to get into the competition. They give you meat and then you go do your thing and cook it. And there's like special way to prepare it. So there's a lot of it that they judge for the competition but the ones that he has the most fun are just people come by and taste the food and then vote which is one andrew and i just went to last weekend and you vote on the taste of the food so there was shrimp there was uh oysters there was uh tri-tips there was where was um like a guacamole hummus type dish that was there so it wasn't all the same type of food and we were oh, voting wow. and i was thinking how what if you went to a barbecue competition and made just something that was just so delicious, but had nothing to do with barbecue. <laughs> and and then, and then they, everybody would vote for you because they're like, oh man, I always, I, I love fried sweet potatoes. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. It's guys stay between. I, I had a Terry. I grew up as one of those kids that really never colored in between the lines. They were just, just never did. So maybe that's why I have that. I challenge for that. The, uh, what's the craziest, oddest food that you've grilled so far? Oh, I've, I've done only classic things. I haven't done really anything that was like crazy, crazy. Uh, I tried to barbecue some oysters with, it turned out to be a total disaster. <laughs> so I definitely wouldn't recommend to try barbecuing oysters. So yeah, but I, other, other than that, I mean, I'm just doing, you know, the usual recipes. The yeah. usual recipes, but from an international flair is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that. I like that. Uh, adding a little bit of cumin, a little bit of that. It's a little bit of Middle East, a little bit of Mediterranean seasoning, a little bit of Asian seasoning. And I think the, the combination is always a nice surprise. What do you think about uh, the the trend? I mean, it's a long trend. So we're getting into the long tail now. What do you think about food trucks and street food? I think they're amazing. <laughs> I always love stopping by. We have one that's down the street over there. I'm amazed. It has a longer line than the, the top steakhouse that's like at the end of the street on the other side. I think people just love those. And they they have those authentic recipes that are always amazing. So I, I'm, I'm all up for it. I, I think they're delicious. Well, I have one of those palates that loves to try new and different things, which is why I love the food trucks as well. We have a food truck park right probably five minutes from my house and there's anywhere from one to 10 or 12 trucks there at any time and yeah, i had oxtails the other day oh my goodness if you've never had a really good southern cooked oxtail you're missing out and i had not had one in probably 30 years but i had one a couple weekends ago it was really good and you're not gonna get that in a traditional restaurant you're just not yeah yeah no absolutely okay. i think that would totally be something that I would try instead rather than trying competition. I think I would try definitely a food, food truck. Well, that's sort of like the ultimate competition though, isn't it? 
<laughs> right. <laughs> it's like that that competition when you lose, they take your truck. You know, the tow truck. <laughs> so how so how did it all turn out? Well, you can see <laughs> you're out of here. I'm standing on a cinder block. <laughs> well, the, how do you how do you think it went? Are you, are you, I got a couple of packets of mustard left. You can have them. It's a uh but that, that is a fun, I, I think the street food thing is a fun, which I think that street food comes from that grilling idea. It comes from the grill of, of being around the grill. If you started, um, uh, Terry, and this is a sideways question. Did you grow up around any kind of like Boy Scouts or Scouts or venturing or anything like that? Any organization where you went camping together as young young person? No, I only watched it on TV. It looks fun. Gotcha. I gotcha. Which it is a um, I had the good fortune of growing up in that environment and became a leader as my kids, as my boys and girls grew up. And there is one thing about fire that if you want to get the attention of boys and girls ages three to thirty-five, start a fire and start a grill. And and it will, it is the most it is just like the thing about the moths to the lamp. And the the idiom I see there is that with you doing grill culture and leading people that they naturally look, oh, it's a grill. Just think about what I told you earlier when I went and stood, <laughs> I went and stood next to the grill, pretending like I was cooking in the, in the store. And my wife just was, I mean, she's, you know, she knows it's too late for her. She can't get away now. She's stuck. <laughs> the contract is is going to renew again soon. And she can't get out of that. It's, it is a, it's awesome. Terry, uh, from a, a personal standpoint, and this is something I would ask. Uh, Doug has to put up sometimes. I do ask questions of people when I meet him. Is do you have uh, looking from grill culture and just from your world and and the work that you did to become a special education teacher? Do you have a des- a decision making model that you use? No, not not. You know, I think I've learned kind of like from my experience with wine styles. Um, I went from being very impulsive, very like, hey, um, I'm I'm a go-getter. That's it. Uh, I can do it. Let's just let's just start, and we're gonna think about it. I went from that mind frame to being more, um, okay, let's just think about it. How how are we gonna make that work? Now, I I think I've become a lot more um, careful. <laughs> so there is a lot of uh, strategic planning that comes, a lot of research, a lot of everything. So that's that's where my uh, decision making strategy is now. <laughs> Um, I, I think Tom and I would agree. We're kind of more seat of your pants, uh, sliding to see what happens and hope you don't get too badly hurt as you're making your decisions, especially with, <laughs> with the grill, because uh, that can go really south really quick. With like we talked about earlier, overcooking things or or uh, or even in some cases undercooking. But that's the fun of it's it's an art. It's an absolute art. It's not a science because depending on the uh, moisture and the temperature and the time and whatever's going on you have to make your adjustments and you know it's an artwork and i I love it i enjoy reading a great deal and and that was where i brought about the decision making model if you had one i may take this out but uh but one of the fun things that that i feel is learning how people learn one of the ways that i learn is from hearing other people's stories now, that doesn't mean I'm going to not go make go jump straight into that hole. If you tell me, Tom, man, I love you. There's a big hole. <laughs> Doug probably tells me all the time, hey, there's a big hole right around that corner. So if you keep going that direction, and of course, I'm going to just run, jump straight in it just, you know, so I can learn. But that's how <laughs> I learn. So if, but it's it is something I ask people if, that, that I that I feel a little bit of a connection to, uh, because the next thing I ask them is, is how do you is, is about how they learn. Terry, when you're working on the grill, how do you best learn how to cook on the grill? Do you take a product and try to make it? Do you watch a lot of YouTube videos? Do you have a site that you go to like grillculture.com? So if somebody wanted to know a little bit about that, how do you learn how to do your your meals and your recipes? Well, usually I, I take, you know, recipes that are, you know, like you said, you know, other people that have like a lot of reviews or something. I, I don't necessarily follow all the reviews. Uh, I kind of, I like to adapt it. So all the stuff that I'm making on the grill, I usually go for like through like three, four, five trials sometime. I never put anything on the website until I tried. Uh, 90% of the time, I think the first try is kind of like a major failure. 
And then I have to kind of see what didn't go right. Was it like undercooked inside? Was it that it was too spicy? Was it that it was burnt on the outside? So I kind of like go over all of that. And then I try again, like recently I was doing a, a Parmesan skewers, chicken Parmesan skewers. I, I've been kind of like, it's not even like a major SEO ranking um, um, keyword, key phrase, but I've been really working on this one because I feel like the Parmesan keep on burning on the grill. <laughs> so I haven't been able to really find a recipe where I can actually grill the the my skewers and get them done right on the inside while not burning the, the Parmesan on the outside. So I still haven't found it. It's my fifth trial. <laughs> It'll be delicious when you do figure it out. But you know, it's the burning question is, do you have a grill of choice? What kind of grill do you use? Uh, the PK360. Oh, it's got Ooh. a number. So hold on. Wow. I'm to write that down. So it's go ahead. Not say just that. a grill. <laughs> so if you have a grill, listen, just just for anybody, if you have a grill that that has numbers and letters in it, and you don't say the name, because I'm saying, what kind of grill you got, Doug? Uh, Doug says, I have a Weber. <laughs> Derry has a a T6944 double overhead cam straight line coagulator. Grill. So, I tell you, did you see how quickly he responded to that ready. too? I mean, it was just like, we ready, bam. Okay, say, 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 say the name. Say the, I can't stop laughing about that. Say the name or the, you know, uh, the origin of your wherever it was born uh, of your grill. Uh, you know, I don't know what's the origin of the the grill. It's a PK stands for portable kitchen. I don't know why the 360. Um, I'm assuming it has to do with uh, maybe the fact that it cooks from all angles. Uh, it's be. supposed to be like a smoker, grill and smoker. Yeah. So maybe it only gets up to 360. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> no, I bet it has to do with all around grill. I'm thinking it's all around grill. <laughs> that is fine. So Terry, I'm kind of surprised that um, to hear you say that you didn't get every recipe right on the first try. Oh yeah! Oh my goodness! I feel like if if I if I could get all my recipe right, I I probably would be like a major. I would definitely go into the competition. I I feel like it just uh, to me the getting a recipe right, especially a lot of the the recipe that I take, they're very often not for the grill, uh, because there are international recipes that are usually done in the oven, or they're done uh, in different ways. So it's like recently I just made a, a bread. And it was not technically supposed to be for uh, the smoker. So I, I had to take the actual recipe and figure out a way to make it work on the on the smoker. Uh, so involving a whole bunch of different stuff to kind of like make it work. So usually it does take a lot of trials. It's, uh, so the smoked bread, I, I guess you have to be very careful if you <laughs> use any hemp seed or <laughs> anything when you well, bake the bread. I, I don't know what the hemp seed is doing. <laughs> No, that was I was talking about. Oh, the, the bad hemp, joke. The bad joke. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was talking about. We we had a. Uh, I just met a company that has a new that they're making product that has um uh from cannabinoids. They're making it from hemp. Oh, hemp seeds, and it has THC, and it gets people high when it gets you know when they when they burn it. So I was trying to make a horrible joke about baking bread. Or because you're smoking, you guys got me there smoking. I'm gonna take that I part. Got it. Hey, no, I got it. Hang on, me. I'm gonna make a note. Sorry, take a note. Take that, that uh, part out. That, what time is it? Too long of a week. 50, okay, fifty-five forty-five. Take that stupid ass. Okay. Uh, as soon as he said that, I knew he was going down the wrong road. <laughs> we went to. We did go to a show uh, that had a. Uh, it, it has grown the the cannabinoids and the THC and the the Delta products are are really taking off. And there's a number of products from California that we've looked at that are uh, uh, cannabis infused drinks where there's a, like they have Delta eight that are in, is in lemonade and and people are actually able to, to get these drinks, which I've had one and it gave me like a, it, it definitely was a, a um, it definitely was an issue after I had it, because that's not something I've ever really been into, you know, in, at least in the last 40 years when I was a, when I was a child that, um, but it is really coming. It is really growing into the cooking market where there are um, a, a number of products out there that are ingredient wise that that um, that have hemp. Then, of course, they don't have the, 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 you know, the THC, the stuff that is illegal, you know, in most places, federally anyway. So it's um, so that was I made a shot at it. 
it was it would have been funny in another day. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll put it in the uh, the blooper reel. Yeah, there you here's, go. Here's we Tom need to start that, the by the way. Um, is it? Is it? What time is it? Four twenty. Okay, so did you just say uh, you got to catch a flight, Doug? Is that what I just heard? No, no, no. I said we need to make sure we work on that blooper reel. We've been blooper talking reel. about it. Blooper reel. You startled <laughs> me. There. I was like, oh, did I lose? Did I lose time there? <laughs> did I have one of those drinks? But I didn't even know it. Somebody put something in there. It's um. All right. So here, here's something that is um. I think when we talked about street food and that led me, Terry, do you uh -huh. have any rituals in grilling or do you have any superstitions in grilling? I do, which is why I'm allowed to ask the questions. <laughs> I do not have any superstition. No, I don't think I do. <laughs> yeah. The one superstition is about, uh, about when I like the grill. That's, that's a thing that, uh, that I, I, I like to be standing on something wet when I like the grill. I got shocked one time with an electric grill barefooted oh, so really? I, I have this like, i don't know if that's a superstition or if that's one of those things like uh the cat jumping on a hot tin roof kind of idea <laughs> okay I, I gotta ask the question you lit the grill and got shocked i never had grill. a charcoal grill shock me and i've never you. had a gas grill shock gotcha and the, well you there's some of the gas grills this was not this was an electric setup like where it has the pan Remember that I don't know if you've seen one. I have to send you a picture. It was my. Uh, it has a um, almost like a. Imagine if you took an, an an older oven that had this has the circle where you sit the pan on it. I yeah, don't know the name. Yeah. Okay, I know the I, eye, the circle. Okay. So, eye. Yeah. So if imagine if you took that idea and made it into like a like a almost like a W, and you put it in the bottom of the grill, and it that uses that that uses uses to heat the heat the. Uh, the smoke heat heat the grill pellets in a pan that is a so it's like an electric smoker, but it has an exposed cord. So when you start it, if your feet are on the ground and the ground is wet and you are not grounded, literally, then you learn about electricity. Interesting. Yeah. So that's just a weird, funny thing about grills. I'd like to highlight how much you because obviously I have a lighter. I mean, it's not like like, hey, Tom. You might I get shocked from that lighter, but you, you just don't know, guys. I mean, really got to be prepared. Remember, I got to be prepared. So it's, I bought uh, a fire extinguisher yesterday, so I'm ready. Okay, I see. <laughs> that is it. Well, uh, probably better, probably funnier would be, do you have any rituals around the grill? Do you have a way that you clean it or the way that you set it up? That's really kind of got just, that's what I was going for is the ritual. Like, okay, what I do first is I make sure I have one beer in the refrigerator. I make sure I have my mise en place. You got me? I make sure I have all of my things together before I get, that's kind of where I was going. So sorry about that. But anyway, so let me ask you in like a, a normal person would is, <laughs> is, uh, is uh, Terry, do you have any rituals that you like to do before, during, and after your grilling and making the recipes? Um, I like my margarita. Usually when I grill, I like to have a margarita with it. <laughs> All right. So, so what's the rest of sweet time? Just be outside and <laughs> enjoy That's the, awesome. The grill. Do do you have a uh, kind of a special recipe for your margarita? I make it strong. So it's uh strong. Um what is it? Uh four part, I think. Um not really into the mixology, but I think it's four part um tequila. Three part, no, two part, uh, point, uh, Grand Marnier, and then the rest is uh, uh, lemon and uh, agave syrup. Wow, that does sound very strong. <laughs> it really does. Strong. I, was, I was just it looking really forward to it. All of the issues that go along with the smoking of the meat. <laughs> <laughs> that might explain a lot of things. Yes, <laughs> that's it. I was just looking forward to saying Grand Marnier. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know that brings up a serious question though because i, I know we were just kind of joking have some fun with that in your recipe development are, are you very scientific uh i know i kind of do like you do you know in, in addition to doing this i do write for a couple articles for magazines and i publish recipes and i have some people i really enjoy reading you know what they do and then i alter that and i always make two or three times the recipe to make it my own. And I find myself being very, it's a quarter of a teaspoon and it's a half of an ounce. And it's the very scientific, but when I write the recipe, 
and share it with people, I find that I'm much more loose with my instructions because I want to have people some leeway and not feel as stringent as I am. I I have I I think I am scientific in that sense, same way, but I think I actually try to provide people, and that might be the teacher in me. I kind of like try to break it down in the most simple way, the most simple step was all of that. And I always add like uh, that little uh, adjust to taste kind of thing. But uh, yeah, I, other, other than, uh, otherwise I, I have like, I share that recipe, these recipe with my family and then I, I get my mother in convinced like, you know, I watched the video for that other YouTuber because yours, like it wasn't working out. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. like, okay, <laughs> well, good, great input. <laughs> We work with a lot of chefs in our day-to-day -day job. And I can, uh, as you're talking, I remember a chef telling me one time, he strictly follows every recipe for every dish, every time, but then he makes it his own before he's finished. <laughs> <laughs> it's the building, it's the building blocks of, of dishes. Yep. I think it is. And that's a, that is, that is part of the food business that I believe would be so attractive to people if they really knew the amount of science and the amount of chemical reactions and then and, and the physical sciences that you have to know because i i know we tease about this and i don't mean to diminish our work in in any way because i know doug has had a career same as i have but to be able to create something chemically from that someone else can eat it's uh, I think that if more people really knew that there was stuff, which is the point, Megan, is I believe that sites like yours, like grillculture.com are that almost like that kind of that gateway. Someone looks at it. Someone likes something about you. Someone comes from a place like you. Someone is a member, even maybe a distant relative of your tribe. And they see something that you have written and it could lead them to go, Hey, do you, you want to, Try, we have a grill here. Do you want to try to use it on something? It could really open up a whole neat, a neat part of the life. Have you found anybody um, coming back to you saying, Hey man, thanks for leading me into the grill culture. I, I have actually. Yeah. It's um, even within my surrounding, I, I have quite like my, my uh, brother-in-law, I think uh, has, um, has gotten into the, he's joined the tribe. Like he was, <laughs> He's gotten into it, so it changed his life. But he same thing. He just got a child, so he he joined the pack of you know the the fathers who don't have time for anything else. <laughs> but we have to eat, so we might as well make it good. Yes, <laughs> we definitely definitely have to eat. The um uh, from from a thought process, uh, the mental model that you have. How did how would somebody find the courage to start a, a blog when they haven't been that person really before how how do you recommend they do it? do you recommend that they just start it and let it fail a little bit and do it or do you recommend they really take a lot of time to review it and then start it how how would you recommend if someone thought that um i mean you know i when i started my blog i felt like i had no idea how it works and i i don't know if really there is like a way of doing the blog out there that guarantees success. What, what I found to be the most successful, and that's probably if my kid would come tomorrow and say, hey, we want to do our, a blog, I would say, hey, you know what? Go on a Food Blogger Pro and um, and just go through the training before you do anything. Just kind of like learn what it is to be uh, a blogger, what it requires, um, what tools you're going to need, and then, uh, and then kind of like really find your niche. I, I feel like sometimes you just need to give it give that time to educate yourself before you get you jump into it and i have a friend like uh, i spoke with recently who was uh, getting into his blog and i told him like man you, you got to be patient you know give yourself at least five years before you you say hey i'm i'm going to continue i'm going to that's it i'm done i'm not going i'm not going to continue because i feel like the seo it, it takes there's so much into it that I, I think you need to give it some time to treat it like a business and and just give it the time and the effort that it requires um, to, to really get where you want it to be. So that, that would be my advice. Well, you've encouraged me for sure, because like I mentioned, I do some writing for some local magazines and uh, always food related, food history, recipes, things like that. And 
the last couple of months, it's kind of like, what am I going to write about next month? You know, and then you start, it's always like, I feel like I've written everything I could possibly write. I've shared every bit of knowledge I possibly have. What do I do next? And, you know, my wife always jokes with me, you need to write these things out two, three months in advance. And I'm like, mm, I can't work that way because the best idea comes when the deadline is tomorrow at end of business. All of a sudden I get hit at three o'clock this afternoon and I can write my, my article. And, you know, I've just been struggling a little bit with that here the last couple of months, but you've encouraged me five years. Got to give it five years. I'm on board. I think you got to give it time. And that's one of the things that the, I started with uh, my blog used to be uh, grilling with the homebody. My kids thought I was a homebody. They thought I was antisocial after COVID. So they thought that's, that's the name they gave me. So that was the name of my blog at the beginning. And uh, and then I switched to grill culture. But uh, I, I feel like during that time, it was, um, I, I don't know, it, it needs to kind of like be adjusted. I, I went through the same thing and all that. And um, anyway, I, I don't know where I was kind of getting to with that thought, but um, I, I feel like to to me, like I've been I've been in that situation. And I feel like the 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 way that I kind of like dealt with that whole thing was to do rank IQ. I, I don't know if you're using it or hmm, it's the Brandon Gailey's. Uh, it's a really really cool tool, and uh, it, it kind of like gives you all the keywords that are high ranking. And then you can just kind of like pick those and then you can focus on this one and write about it. And that's been like all the bloggers that I've been uh, following are usually using that and seem to be such a such an amazing tool. I got into it and, and it's been really helping me with that. Well, you've inspired me and you've educated me. And on that bombshell, I guess I should go catch a plane now. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Thierry, it's been so much fun to catch up with you, man. I I appreciate that that you have given us a, 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 a kind of a different point of view of someone that actually has done something. We like to be around people that do things, and and you actually did do a blog, and you have built a grill culture for yourself. And I'm we're very excited to to know that about you. So if someone were out and about in your neighborhood or somewhere around town where you where you live and and frequent, where would somebody run into Thierry Oliva? Uh, so that would be probably at the, um, either at school when I'm working, or it would be a, a, in one of the playgrounds around here because that's always where I'm with my kids. And uh, and if not, it will be probably the grocery stores by the right Stater Brother by the butcher corner. <laughs> if someone were looking uh, the same sort of way, thinking of the the internets uh, of all neighborhoods, where would someone run into you on online? Where would they find you? Are you active in any social? Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, I have my blog, of course, uh, the grillculture.com, but I started my YouTube channel last summer. Uh, I, I'm trying to have like a video for all the, the recipes I'm post. And, and I'm also on YouTube. I mean, I mean, you know, I'm all the main social, uh, social media, but mostly on um, uh, Facebook and Instagram. Terry, again, it has been great to to get to know you. I'm so glad that we ran across each other and, and met in this circumstance. And I'm so happy that to introduce you to Doug, who's a great buddy of mine, and I love introducing people to him. And with that, we will wish you a wonderful holiday time, whatever you do during the holidays. And uh, cheers from Charleston. Cheers well, from Florida. Cheers, <laughs> cheers. cheers from, uh, chin, chin. <laughs> from uh, Orange County. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much, Terry. See ya. Bye. Thank you.